0: Good morning. Sunday morning.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia.
2: And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area.
1: And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, trying to fight through all of the... Weird propaganda, the crazy stories that keep getting revealed as being false, even though apparently our journalists stand up for disinformation. Um, And uh, give you guys just, uh, you know, basically the common man's perspective of uh, what's happening uh, so you guys don't have to feel like you're going insane and let you know that you're not the only people who go, Wait, this is insane, right? This is crazy, right? So, um... (laughs) It's been an interesting week as far as things that have happened politically, and I think the number one thing uh, to to really jump in on uh, at, at the outset is how many cases have abso- how many cases have absolutely fallen apart uh, when it comes to all of the liberal cases that were supposed to be just just like let's let's kind of go go back in time a little bit there were a ton of court cases that were supposed to result in revealing the just disturbing and corrupt uh nature of the right wing in america it was just a bunch of violent extremists and and probably neo-nazis um and in reality uh like let's just take a look over in michigan where the Whitmer kidnapping case has completely fallen apart. Two of the people in the case were acquitted, meaning that they were found not guilty on any of the charges that were presented, and the jury was deadlocked on the other two suspects. Now, I want everyone to understand what this case really was. So the defense of this case, the Whitmer kidnapping case, the entire defense was built on the argument that this in this whole situation in this entire scenario of of a plan to kidnap Governor Whitmer and have her stand trial over, you know, her rulings for the pandemic uh, all stemmed from FBI entrapment. The defense's argument in this entire case was that the suspects that that basically the entire plot was built by the FBI. Hmm. That the FBI planned on kidnapping Governor Whitmer and the FBI planned on pulling this entire thing off. They set everything up. They bought all everything. They trained everybody involved. And then they basically went, okay, now let's turn it over to these guys and then arrest them for trying to do all the stuff we trained them to do. Yeah. Now, it's interesting from a law enforcement perspective because, you know, like everything aside from, you know, the dubious behavior that is our government a lot of times, there's absolutely situations where you can see – um You know, basically like sting operations, right? Mm -hmm. But there's always been a gray area, and everyone has always acknowledged the gray area of what we usually refer to as a sting operation. Where... The point of these operations in reality, like if you want to think about how a sting operation is supposed to work, the point of these operations in reality is that you want to try to find underground networks of, let's say, terrorists or drug dealers or prostitution rings. And your method of doing that is by presenting a sting operation where you're able to somewhat get inside or see the inner workings of it you catch terrorists by basically uh, posing as a somebody who can provide the explosives they need to commit a terrorist act and that way you find a network of terrorists because they're attempting to buy explosives and you just make it a little bit easier to buy them from you than from whatever black market source they may have and that's how you find the terrorists that makes sense right that's just it's the same as what you do is say a
2: drug stink Like, get in the criminal world, say, hey, I have a bunch of meth for sale,
1: and then see who shows up. Yeah, see see who shows up to try to distribute said meth. So, that's normally how it works. But the problem is, and what was found in this case was, there wasn't some group of people sitting around just like, my goodness, I just wish somebody would train and equip us to kidnap the governor of Michigan. That wasn't happening. What was happening was there were these disparate groups of people uh, that were upset over uh, COVID lockdowns, uh, upset over the restrictions that were happening in Michigan and upset over, let's just say, the political climate in general, the amount of, you know, the state being able to basically dominate your daily life. And then the FBI got involved in a lot of these groups and started radicalizing members within those groups like hey i know you're mad about you know the amount of taxation and the size of the federal government and these covid lockdowns that took your business away but what if you took things into your own hands oh and that's a very different situation than trying to find an extremist organization it would appear and i think that this is basically married out and what we see from the court case is the FBI was creating extremists out of normal people or maybe a little bit abnormal people, especially the way that they targeted them. Let's go find lonely, depressed individuals who are down on their luck financially and seduce them with money and attention. And, you know, even in some ways, let's honeypot them with an attractive female agent who's going to pose as like a semi-available woman. And then hmm. uh, we'll arrest them for being extremists because we basically walked them hand in hand down that road. Right. So, and even then,
2: it they, they might even be simpler than that. Might say, well, we're going to get a bunch of people. We're going to intentionally have FBI agents rabble rouse and get people more upset. Then we're going to have other agents tell them where we can buy explosives and essentially the ringleaders of of this whole operation that were critical in getting people together, getting them radicalized, and getting them on board with this plan were all the FBI. And the question then becomes, without FBI interference, how many of these men would actually have even come close to considering a
1: plan like this? Right. As opposed to just you know, bitching about it on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that. that's the thing. And understand this is, I think many of the people in our audience know, or maybe they don't, but something that a lot of people need to understand is imagine that you're an FBI agent. I know it's a little bit difficult because you're going to have to like, you know, make yourself uh, more of a, a cuck to what MSNBC says, but Imagine you're an FBI agent and um, you don't pay attention to the world around you and you just literally are spoon fed everything you're supposed to believe from higher up. And you're told constantly that there's just all of this right wing extremism. Because we've seen this. We've heard FBI directors say that, you know, uh, what is it? uh, White supremacy is the biggest threat to the United States. And when asked for statistics of that, we get. Nothing. Right. You know, uh, you know, we're we're worried about domestic extremism. Oh, do you mean like, you know, like, are there a bunch of like homegrown terrorists for like ISIS here? No, 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 no. Th- those are all lone wolves. Those are all lone. No, no, no. I don't care how many times somebody shoots up a nightclub or tries to blow up a building or tries to go, you know, shoot up their workplace and starts screaming about ISIL or ISIS or whatever. No, 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 no. no. Those are all lone wolves. No pattern there. No pattern to be seen. We're talking about like this one white guy who was upset about a thing and posted something on Facebook, and then we arrested him. It's like that. Oh, okay.
2: You're not doing anything, though. Yeah. yeah You're not like- saving the country. You're not helping us out. Come on,
1: guys. Yeah, like, are you talking about these MS-13 gang members that are, like, beheading people and, like, leaving their, you know, stripped and, like, mutilated bodies on, like, the front doorstep of their other gang enemies? Like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we, we, we don't want to look like we're, we don't believe in diversity here. Um, those are our beautiful, wonderful immigrants uh, that are all welcomed here in the United States. We're just talking about those angry white people who uh, don't like COVID lockdowns. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you know, we're we're just talking about all those filthy people in flyover country that have opinions. Um, Those are truly the most the that is truly the biggest threat to the United States is all these angry people in flyover country uh, who have opinions uh, that don't go along with the uh, coastal elites. Um, You know, tell me I'm wrong that that's not really what it is. But if you're an FBI agent, you have been told that this. Domestic extremism is the biggest threat to the United States. And I think it's very apparent by what we saw happening in this court case with uh, when when it came to uh, the Governor Whitmer kidnapping is uh, it's not true. The FBI got so desperate to prove the point that it's that it was making that they had to literally create like they had to create it. Like they had to create an extremist cell because they couldn't find one. And I I need to let everyone know that watching the information spectrum and and when people started talking about misinformation, disinformation, extremism online, they were specifically targeting like these, quote, patriot groups. Right. It was like Patriot Prayer, like the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters you were hearing about all of these groups and they were supposedly these like stepping stones to extremism. This was the biggest fear all throughout the Trump presidency and heading into the 2020 election. And we find out that the leadership of a bunch of these groups were FBI assets. So I'm not shocked, yeah, honestly. You have the director of the FBI being like, I am so worried about domestic extremism. Well, if that were true, why the hell do you have to create it? That's a very good point. And what this really goes back to is what are they actually afraid of? Like, let, let's just have that conversation. What is it they're really afraid of? Because I'm so tired of always hearing, like, what what do we hear from, from the liberals and, and the D.C. elite and everything is it's the threat to democracy. Ooh, well, the threat to democracy, democracy. Is the best. Okay, I'm not going to have sit
2: here and listen to you besmirch our glorious beautiful democracy full of shiny happy people.
1: And, and and what we know is when they say that the biggest threat to democracy really means as we've been saying for years now, it's a threat to the Democrat party. It's a threat to the progressive liberal agenda. It's a threat against uh the status quo corporate and media marriage that is occurring um, in the United States. Basically the oligarchy of the coastal elites. Pretty much. Yeah. And which, which is consistently fascinating because like, what were these groups actually a threat to? Like, let's take a look at it. Um, And we'll, we'll go a little bit, uh, a little bit international with it look at the reaction that Canada had to the freedom convoy of truckers. Think of every, every single thing that the um, government in Canada said about these freedom convoy truckers is everything that they've said about any sort of right wing or conservative, or even just, even just anti-progressive movement in the United States or in the world it's all the same things they're extremists they're they're domestic terrorists they're you know neo nazis they're racists it's always the same thing but what is it always targeted at it is always targeted at a group of regular normal people and understand that this isn't like a group of special forces veterans who all bound together and were like we're taking the country back no these are like regular Middle class to even like lower class, like somewhat yeah. even working poor. They're the they're the exact people that have been hurt the most by the
2: Democrats <laughs> and their policies over the last couple years.
1: Yeah, and they're also the people that democracy is supposed to support. The whole and they're the
2: exact people that democracy is failing. Is mm-hmm. I think really the point you're trying to make here?
1: Exactly. This idea of democracy that we're supposed to have in the United States is supposed to be protective of groups like the middle class. It is supposed to be protective of of regular working people against this idea of an elite group or a nobility that rules everything. Yet, yeah. as much as we keep hearing this word democracy used... It never seems to serve those people. It's odd. Shouldn't, shouldn't it be noticeable to the majority of Americans that, quote, democracy seems to only ever work out for the richest people in the United States and in the rest of the Western world? It is awfully suspicious. I agree. Like, the people who should be the most worried about things like this should be the ultra wealthy and the elite. Yet, weirdly enough, they love it. Obviously, what I'm getting to, and I'm sure most of you have already caught on is that it's all a lie it This is an oligarchy in the United States. it's an oligarchy in you know in the Western world. I know that people don't like to hear that because o- the only oligarchs that actually exist are you know have Russian accents and have super yachts yeah, which by <laughs> by the way, for those of you that are like, oh there's a Russian oligarch, which a friend of Putin. You are aware that like the majority of the ultra rich in the United States also have super yachts and also can get on Joe Biden's calendar with a phone call. So tell me what the difference is between a Russian oligarch and say Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post. I honestly can't think of much. Or Bill Bill Gates. Bill Gates is ultra rich. I bet he can get an appointment with Biden in no time. And for those of you who haven't realized yet, I actually heard uh, real quick. I actually heard somebody bring this up and I I, I wanted to bring it up on the show because I didn't I didn't realize that this wasn't common knowledge. Everyone is aware that the MS in MSNBC is Microsoft, right? You, you are aware that MSNBC is owned by Bill Gates. <laughs> The MS stands for Microsoft.
2: You would think that would be something that a lot more people would know. But it is, again, why would you? Why would you ever suspect that someone would be essentially buying and selling the media? That seems crazy.
1: So you have a guy, actually COVID's a really great example for this. You have a guy who's just like, Weirdly, at the same time that I kept hearing everybody say, stop listening to just random people talk about the vaccine. You should only listen to science. Up next, Bill Gates, not a scientist. But a random guy. Yeah, but a random, like, I always get my health advice from software engineers. Um, but yeah, like... Everybody sat there and was like, well, I watched the news. Bill Gates talked about the vaccine. Yeah, Bill Gates talked about the vaccine on the news channel he owns. They literally can't tell him no.
2: Here's the thing about the vaccine I was actually just thinking about this morning. Maybe a little off topic, but I wanted to mention it because I couldn't get my head around it. Because
1: it's our damn show. (laughs) Yeah. People... Women were starting to get take
2: this vaccine before uh, nine months had passed. Which means, if there is any question of, does this vaccine affect women's fertility? Does it make you have a deformed flipper baby? Can, does it make it so that, like, <laughs> a lot of the animals when they tested this, does it make them infertile? Not enough time had elapsed. For anyone to actually answer whether or not that was even the case, so like people were starting to get vaccinated in less than nine months after it had rolled out, and no one stopped and went, "Wait a minute! That means they never tested this to see what happens when a vaccinated woman tries to bring a baby to term." Right. And and that what didn't and people nobody woke up to that fact. And in fact, and people just rushed out. And I mean, I, the, I assume it's because thinking of that would be so egregious that most people would probably be like, "Okay, I can't." They for sure wouldn't be. They wouldn't be that dumb. Like they wouldn't be that malicious as to release something that's going to do this. But at the same time, on the timeline of it, th- there was no way they could have known, and which <laughs> we still really don't know. There's no way we could have known. What happens to a woman who gets vaccinated and then tries to get pregnant and then tries to bring a baby to term and deliver a healthy child? Can she? We don't know because not enough time had ever elapsed for that to even have been tested. And people still rushed out and got the vaccine and they still told me that I have to go do it and that it's the most important thing for any anyone to do. And I was called a crazed conspiracy theorist for thinking that that was incredibly irresponsible just something i thought of just just on the time frame alone like i don't need a study i don't need the science scientist on the simple time frame of a woman's pregnancy the vaccine sh- we, like there should have been drastically more vaccine skepticism
1: i well so i find it um no it is interesting because right so okay regardless of the risk because there is a risk that was taken the concern mm-hmm. that i think a lot of people need to have in reality or or the question that we've always asked ourselves cuz we we've questioned things we've definitely shown the, politi- the 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 politics involved we've shown the ridiculous like reactions of of political leadership i mean you had uh people like Anthony Fauci that basically went out and said if you are questioning me you are questioning science which is an insane um, not surprising but an insane statement to make because like the whole thing that is supposed to make science such a pure discipline is the fact that it can be questioned point is is that we regularly on this show would bring up different things and we've consistently been right right one of the things that we always brought up was the fact is, is that we knew that they, they were skewing the numbers when it came to COVID. We were saying that they are they 100 percent have to be counting people with COVID, not you know people who died with COVID, not died from. We proved that we had several examples where that absolutely occurred. Uh, and then we talked about how like there's oh, look, there's just absolutely no flu, everyone. It's because we're all doing such a great job wearing masks, except that doesn't make sense, but you all get the point. You've heard it. But what we didn't do is go completely psycho, like completely down any sort of conspiracy realm. Cause we didn't need to, we did the facts bore out that there was something going on, um, that there was too much, uh, politicization of everything to do with COVID. It was, you know, whoever gets to push the vaccine out, gets to claim that they beat COVID. Whoever right. maintains, The control um, gets to use COVID as a weapon. That was really kind of the entire thing that we were saying is the biggest concern. And so what it all really boils down to is this very easy statement based on what Alan just said. If there were problems because solely because of how politicized all of this is. And based on things that we know about the Biden administration, if something goes horribly wrong with the vaccine because of how much the government absolutely said you cannot question it, it's perfect 100%, and any questioning of it makes you an anti-science psychopath, would they tell you? And the answer's no. Our entire uncomfortability with everything involving the vaccine and COVID and everything else is when you're in a situation where I know for a fact the government would lie to me about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter because, well, and, and I think I'm pretty sure we've said this before. If they came out and said, look, we have a vaccine, it's gone through at least some testing, as best as we can do, but this is a very unique situation. We got it out, and we have set up basically a continual testing to make sure that it's good, but the minute anything goes wrong, we will inform the public, understand that we are doing our our goddamnedest to make sure that this is the best it can be. Everybody in America would have been, that makes perfect sense. Everybody would have said, that makes perfect sense. We totally understand mm-hmm. Instead, the government went, it's perfect and how dare you question it. And that makes zero sense. Yeah. It's, it's,
2: it's madness. It's abs- well, well, mostly it, it requires a level of trust and faith in government institutions that I was amazed that people gave them after the Trump years. Yeah. It is astounding that after after seeing what we saw with Trump, that people gave them that level of trust and respect. They said, no, 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 no. The, uh, sure, the media might have lied to me for the past four years about Trump, but they wouldn't lie to me now. <laughs> and that's a... That I...
1: Oh, no, Alan, did I lose you? <gasps> We're getting a poor connection error. Oh, no. I think the uh, uh, what was it? A pelican. (laughs) There's There's a satellite dish somewhere and a pelican nesting on it. It's because Alan's talking about Fauci and he is the science. So you're not allowed to question the science. So but with that, and it's interesting to bring up COVID, actually, because what I've noticed is there Ah, you're. You're back. Alan's back, everybody, I think. Are you back, Alan? Oh. I was so hopeful. I heard his voice for a split second. And here I thought we were going to be great. Anyway, it's great that um, that we're, we bring up COVID because I've noticed a, piv- a pivot within the uh, media where they've decided that they're going to start talking about COVID again. And I keep hearing about the potential of a new variant and, oh, geez, Um, which to me suggests that they are not getting all the political mileage out of the Ukraine conflict that they thought they were going to. Because you have to understand, um, Joe Biden looks terrible. Uh, His approval ratings are garbage. The economy, everybody can see, is going to shit. And you would think... Like they thought that they could get a win by turning around and saying like, oh, well, uh, it's all Putin's fault. It's, it's because of this. But that doesn't hold weight because I'm sure um, for me and much like many of you, you're wondering, like, why can't I buy like why? Why is my store out of like chicken nuggets? Do we import our chicken from Russia it's not that's not the case. It's not how this works. So what the hell's going on? You know, similarly with just all this other stuff. I mean I, I just it didn't land like they thought it would. And I have a theory, a bit of a conspiracy theory, and I've probably shared it. Um, I can't remember if I've shared it on the program before or just basically on social media. Uh, what happens in most societies when you start facing things like food shortages? Um, And when energy costs go up is this is how societies uh, start to kind of come apart. And this is the type of situation where you see social upheaval, things like the Arab Spring and a lot of the, you know, color revolutions that you've seen now, obviously, you know, you have to leave a little bit of space for it being encouraged by, you know, different um, military uh, assets and uh, intelligence assets throughout the West. But a lot of these are precipitated by the existence of um, food shortages and the cost of energy going up and basically uh, people, you know, going into terrible, you know. Oh, sorry about that. Um, but. The uh, you end up in these situations where y- you're going to see things fall apart. And that is usually the predicate for the collapse of different societies. So what I think is... And hello, Alan. Welcome back. Alan. Okay. He'll figure out that he's back on soon. Um, but... You'll see that society collapses and they will realize uh, that's when the social upheaval happens. This is how coups occur is when you start seeing food shortages and things like this. So I think that the media is pivoting back to covid because that is going to be their action plan for when people start getting a little too pushy about how hard it is to go buy bread and how hard it is to afford gas and why, you know, why their all of their bills are skyrocketing, but their wages are lowering. Once these people start getting, you know, start, start getting that weird idea that they can make changes in their government, that's when COVID comes back out. And it's also obviously going to have to be the preparation that we see for how they're going to make it to where they can do all the helicopter voting that they did in the last election because Democrats are going to get slaughtered in the upcoming midterm elections. There were local elections that occurred uh, in Wisconsin and a few other places. I believe New Jersey, there were a ton of local elections that happened even in San Francisco and the more conservative candidates. I know they believe it or not more conservative in San Francisco is very different than what I think most other people look at it. Um, uh, that, that just means it was a normal person running. They might still be a progressive liberal, but they, you know, didn't have a bunch of letters attached to their name or what have you. Um, but, uh, I don't, I didn't pay close enough attention, so I have no idea what candidates, but there were a ton of local elections that swung hard to conservative candidates. A lot of school boards had their entire liberal groups thrown out. Uh, and and replaced by candidates who had the simple right-wing conservative message of, yes, parents should have a say in education. You know, that's now a right-wing extremist point of view. And so because of that, what's the Democrat Party going to do? Because they're not going to lose power. They can't. It's all they have. And so I promise you, Coming up to the midterm elections, we're going to see a massive, uh, a massive push for, oh, geez, it's the new Omicron Delta Kappa 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 Epsilon variant. Um, You all better stay inside and let's just uh, mail in our votes and somebody will come to your door uh, dressed as Hillary Clinton uh, and everything's above board. Um, I'm sure that that's what's going to happen. And so it would not shock me whatsoever uh if if we don't it it, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever one way or the other uh to see a new covid variant come lockdowns happen and all of that just so the democrats can take over an entire election hi alan you're okay good you're alive so i
2: am here i am everything's great
1: (laughs) i don't know how much of that you caught but basically i was going through my entire theory that um, they're going to always keep COVID in their back pocket, uh, for the time that they need to, to get the people to, to kind of, uh, mind their business.
2: Ah, very smart, smart of them.
1: Because I'm, I'm already seeing, I'm already seeing the pivot, right? They're not getting enough out of Ukraine. Um, you know, as much as the coastal liberals want to try to be uh, want to try to uh, push the idea of well, you know, Russia's such a threat, uh, why don't we just like use the Patriot Act and take everybody politically I don't like and throw them in jail for worries that they might be working for Putin.
2: Well, you don't want to you don't want to be working for Putin, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't want yeah, you don't want that. Putin's a real bad guy. He's the worst.
2: I, I I hear that he's just I hear that he's he's currently murdering every kitten in the Ukraine. Personally, he's in Ukraine with a with a shovel murdering kittens.
1: See, I had heard that what Putin was doing was that he banned um, he declared martial law and he banned any opposition political party.
2: Wow. I hear that he was a, a dissidents that were. His government were getting their Like lives destroyed and their bank Accounts conflict shut down and their, their livelihoods You know their businesses confiscated I heard he Was doing that that's just that you just don't do That in a democracy
1: Yeah and I, I mean additionally uh, I heard that any independent Press uh, was banned And uh, called disinformation
2: uh, That's scary you know it, that's That's really scary stuff kind of happening
1: Oh, wait, that's really Ukraine that in that the West in Russia. Yeah, I forgot that was Ukraine in the West. My bad. Sorry, everybody. We'll yeah. we'll have to fact check and make that correction. Um, that was actually Ukraine. They banned any uh, opposition political party. They also banned any non-governmental press. Um, that's what happened in Ukraine uh, because of freedom. Um, and also uh, that's what happens in the West uh, because of democracy and freedom. But Russia's the bad people because, I don't know, reasons, I guess?
2: I suppose.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. Russia can can, can be bad, too. It's just I'm, we're not in a position any longer in the United States of America, especially with the Democrat Party and how it acts, where we can turn around and say, oh, no, uh, Russia's bad because uh, they constantly go after the media, that questions them, and they also go after their political opponents. You're not a, you can't say that and be realistic in the United States anymore. For example, here's a here here's a an article that comes from Red State. Um, this is uh, so Mike Miller at Red State uh, today actually posted an article that says, uh, as Joe Biden and his crackhead son. Hunter moved closer and closer to the consequences of their own nefarious deeds, despite Democrats uh, or desperate Democrats have dusted off Donald Trump Jr. and accused him of treason related to the January 6th breach of the U.S. Capitol, demanding he be imprisoned for his crimes. Incidentally... It has amused the hell out of me for five years or more, how both sides toss around the word treason at the drop of the political hat, um, as reported in New- by Newsweek legal experts are call legal experts in quotes are calling for Trump Jr. to face criminal proceedings after newly revealed text messages obtained by the January sixth House committee show that he sought to prevent certification of the 2020 election and install his father for a second term. Wow. It's very simple, Trump Jr. texted Meadows on November 5th. The text reads, according to CNN, we have multiple paths, we control them all. Wow. So, Trump Jr., said we need to take let's be honest what what was the root of any of the challenges to the 2020 election what the potential of fraud right, right. it was the potential, potential fraud. of fraud that was the entire route of the 2020 election was the potential of fraud the use of coronavirus as an excuse to uh, usurp the constitutions of several different states and obviously all the other weird stuff that we saw um, that's been reported on agnosium. That's the root of it. For five years, we've literally listened to everybody say Russia stole the the election. we we watched them make every single excuse to try to impeach the president of the United States. And we have heard multiple times, Democrat, uh, Democrat leaders, Democrat politicians state that the election of Donald Trump was stolen. Additionally, additionally, they tried members of the Democrat party tried to actually get members of the Electoral College to switch their vote. Oh, no. They, they lobbied the Electoral College to switch their vote. And additionally, several senators in Congress, or several senators in the United States Senate, objected to the certification of the 2016 election. And they even had riots. Not not a bunch of people wandering around the Capitol. They had riots following Donald Trump's election. They had riots at his inauguration. I
2: remember that. I remember when they burned down the uh, the guard shack to the White House. I remember seeing pictures of Washington, D.C. With, in flames. Yeah. I remember it from the year before. Like...
1: So... I will will tell you right now, 100%, fine, if you want to, take Donald Trump Jr. As long as we can also throw every Democrat who ever questioned the 2016 election in jail. We'll let you guys have, we'll let you guys take Don Jr. We'll let you take him as long as we can also throw every democrat and you know republican who questioned the 2016 election in jail i think that that's fair that seems fair to me would you guys be willing to give up donald trump junior i mean he's not running for office he kind of i'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy everyone and i understand that that's not how we want it to go but i will give them trump junior if it means that we can put every democrat every media personality and, you know, every, every, uh hell, everybody on Facebook and Twitter that claimed the 2016 election was taken, we can put them all in jail for treason and we'll give you guys Donald Trump Jr. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. That'd be kind of funny, wouldn't
2: it? It certainly would be.
1: Yeah. So. Completely ridiculous. But. I mean, hey, hey, whatever. You know, like it nobody's buying it, so I, I do want to let people know this uh, as annoying as it is as 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 upset as it it's very easy to get upset when you read a lot of these types of headlines. Nobody is buying this bullshit anymore. Uh, there have been several polls that have been conducted where Democrats themselves have clearly stated in not right wing polls have clearly stated that if they knew. About the whole Hunter Biden laptop and the question of all these business dealings and everything with the Biden family, if they had known about that, their vote would have been different. And the media is scrambling and losing its mind to try to make up for the fact that every person in the United States can be shown absolute 100% evidence that the media lied to you before an election to 100%, 100% hid information from the American people so they would vote the way that the media wanted them to. That is easily provable and hilarious because the Atlantic this week decided to hold a misinformation meeting with never Trumpers like Jonah Goldberg, Where they sat and hilariously had multiple college students berate them and ask them, what are you doing? Like, you're here to talk about disinformation and misinformation, but you all lied and refused to investigate the Hunter Biden laptop and the potential nefarious dealings of the Biden family and all that they could do. Was try to brush it off and act like it was nothing that, to try to act like they like I'm being attacked by these right wingers. Like these are just college students, man. Yeah. Like if they're the severe right wingers you're trying to claim they are, they're not going to be going to these universities. I promise you that.
2: Well, and the I remember seeing a clip of that. We have Jonah Goldberg, who's ostensibly a right wing person. Saying. Yeah. I think it's just, they have this crazy conspiracy theory that if the people, if the American people had found out about the Hunter Biden laptop, then people wouldn't have voted for, for Joe Biden. And he dismisses that as some crazed conspiracy theory. And I just think, no, that's not a crazy, that's absolutely a real thing. Almost, I would almost go as that's a fact. If people had known about the Hunter Biden laptop, if it had been, if it had been treated in the media like a like the sensational story that it was, people would not have voted for Joe Biden. It betrays all of these people that even like even signal that they're somehow on the right, and then go well, but you know, Hunter Biden laptop didn't. Really. It just shows that it was more important to them that Donald Trump not get reelected then any of these concerns about truth or justice or it exposes that they're all playing. They're all on the same team as the left and they're all essentially operating as controlled opposition. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it. Essentially any more, And I, I started feeling this way during the Trump presidency and I feel it even more strongly. Now, if there's any commentator or public media figure that was anti Donald Trump they are paid off controlled opposition trying to help the left win. Now, if there's, every, if there's random Americans and individuals that were anti-Trump and, try and said, said they were on the right, I write them off simply as idiots who drank the Kool-Aid. But people in these positions that were anti-Donald Trump, they should have known better. And there's, no, and there's every reason to think that they did know better. They knew how much the media was lying about him. They know how much the the left is a threat. This is what I've constantly felt about so many people in public and any of these commentators and on the news all throughout the Trump presidency and up to today, is they will say one thing. They will say, your country is under threat by these communist Marxist socialists who are trying to destroy the foundations of liberty and democracy you're like oh wow that sounds really awful well, you should elect somebody that's going to change that well whoa, whoa hey now whoa 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 don't uh don't get crazy now you you should just elect some conservative who's you know been in politics forever and is playing the same game as us and not actually going to change anything <laughs> you don't take my advice and actually try to make the country a better place
1: you know it, it, it it's funny um Bringing that up, especially after this week, uh, I, somebody on on Twitter gave me the perfect definition. We, we always like to toss around like different words for these types of people. You know, never Trumpers and and Cuckservatives. You know, you'll hear all these different terms. The newest one that I really like is Surrendercons. Um, that's kind of my new my new favorite. But it's really funny that you bring that up because uh, nothing is more evidenced. Uh, Of of that kind of nature of some of GOP politics, conservative politics, then what's coming out about Spencer Cox, the governor of Utah. Mm. And interesting. I mean, you have Utah, which is a severely red state. I mean, this is you know, this is Republican country. You could run. uh, Well, and maybe this is actually part of the problem, right, is you could run anybody there. And as long as they have an R. Uh, next to their name, you know, they're then then they'll get elected. Well, maybe that's part of the problem, because in Utah, they elected Spencer Cox as their governor, who recently has shown one. He vetoed a bill that was going to ban men from competing in women's sports Two, uh there's a video of him uh, sharing, proudly sharing his pronouns. And wow. And they've also put Latinx as part of their government documentation. He is writing one hundred percent on all of the progressive newspeak that's being pushed out. Huh. But Republican, and that's I exa- guess. Yeah, and and that's exactly it. Is like don't think that just because they and, and this is the big thing is sometimes we get accused of it. Is like, well, why are you guys punching right? Why are you always yelling about conservatives? Because this is a cancer that doesn't just sit on party lines. Right. We don't talk about the deep state, the elite, and all of this without having to point out that some of this has absolutely infected the GOP. Remember. Paul, how effective was Paul Ryan's GOP majority in the House during the last years of the Obama presidency? They accomplished nothing. And it's not because they didn't it's not because they didn't because they somehow magically lost. It's because they didn't even try. And it's because they didn't want to try, which is what was so revelatory during the trump administration because you did legitimately have somebody not only was he an outsider he gave a voice to a lot of americans that previously would kind of be shut up by a lot of this corporate media gatekeeping and all of a sudden it's like what happened were regular everyday americans were like oh wait wait like you're also sick of this. And everyone's like, Oh my God, I'm so sick of this. Am I right? And then everyone's like, Holy shit. I didn't know. I didn't know my neighbors thought like this. I thought I was the only one. Cause we're never allowed to talk about it. And like, even when I do mention it, the weekly standard and national review tells me I'm a bad conservative. They find out that no, the majority of Americans think just like you, it's only the assholes on the coast. Just so you're aware, National Review, which is supposed to be this big conservative, you know, news magazine and the Weekly Standard before it, you know, died and went bankrupt was supposed to be this great conservative magazine. All of those assholes live in New York and Washington, D.C. Tell me what conservative, you know, that lives in New York or Washington, D.C. Not very many. I mean that should tell you enough right there when you've got Bill Crystal, the guy who ran the Weekly Standard which for 20 years or so was supposed to be like that was the gold standard of conservative reporting was the Weekly Standard and this dude constantly tweets out about I just went to an opera at the Met. Does that guy do you, when 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 conservatives in 20 in, in the early 2000s late 1990s whichever when when they talk about, like, we're standing for real American values. Also, I'm going to the Met tonight to watch the opera. These people have <laughs> nothing in common with you. They have way more in common with the rest of the champagne liberals who are their neighbors in the towns they live in. What good conservative would live in a high tax city like New York? Yeah. I mean, unless they can give me a good reason, like, I mean, there might be some good reasons. I don't want to lambast an entire state, but like New York City, like you're going to sit there every single day and bitch about high taxes and be like, "Well, but I just don't want to leave New York because there's literally no other city in America." Maybe New York's awesome, but I highly doubt it. Right, I think
2: you have to be a little suspicious of of some of these things.
1: Only some for these some people. When they get to a certain income bracket, like, to be fair to you, you live in Seattle. That doesn't make you a liberal. But if you were, like, rich and you could live anywhere and you still lived in Seattle, I, I, I would at least say, Alan, can you explain why?
2: Well, the other part is, I think the difference is I fully acknowledge I'm not trying to shill for some middle of the road centrist nonsense. Yeah, I'm I'm doing everything, I'm doing everything up to almost demanding, like calling for civil war. Like I'm, I'm so far right that there's there should be no mistaking me for a liberal because I'm not trying to play nice with these people. And I, that's why when I see conservatives that live in D.C. that live in New York that live, you know, when they, when I see them trying to play nice with people on the left. To me, it comes across a lot more as you just don't want to alienate your friends more than you care about any actual principle or policy.
1: Yeah, it's like, are are you going to put your invitation to Martha's Vineyard on the table uh, to take a position? You know, (laughs) but so. So that was the whole thing out of Utah, right? Utah, where everybody thinks it's a bunch of stodgy, like, super conservative people. You have Spencer Cox, who basically is like, Latinx, and here's my pronouns. And, you know, I'm I'm not going to do – I'm literally going to do the opposite of anything any conservatives ask me. But just understand, everyone, that's who the GOP thought was a good idea. Amazing. And so <laughs> – you know, like, yeah, you have to worry about stuff like that. A hundred percent. There's a bunch of surrender cons in the GOP, which is why they saw Trump as a threat, which is why they didn't fight at all. No, it's why they didn't fight at all. And it, by the way, it's also why, you know, then this is this is the state of things. I I know that there's going to be a lot of my like kind of boilerplate conservative friends that are going to get very upset over this kind of statement. But Honestly, one of the best ways that I gauge somebody for whether or not I can trust them or whether or not they're on my side is how much does the other side hate them and see them as a threat? Right. For example, like Marjorie Taylor Greene's a really great example. I don't know a ton about her necessarily. There's some stuff I've listened to her talk. There's certain things that kind of annoy me and it's a little bit, it's the same pandering as everybody of uh, every other politician. Um, which sucks because like one of the things I actually really liked about Trump was he was terrible as far as like speaking as a politician. And that made me trust him more. Because I was like, wow, you suck at this. You must be being honest. You know, <laughs> like if he was polished, I'm like, Ugh. anyway, um, I assume she's great because of how much the left hates her and wants her dead. Yeah. Matt Gates, probably great because they hate him and want him dead and literally set up an entire blackmail operation to try and tr- to to try and uh fake uh, once again another FBI investigation that's totally legit guys um oddly uh for the things that the president's son are actually guilty of um which more news by the way did come out there are claims there was a uh, there there's an independent lab That has been investigating uh, the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop. And according to this lab, there are gigabytes of data that was supposed to have been deleted, but they were able to pull out of the laptop. And it is, they did not go into detail, but it is apparently far more alarming than what has already been found. What that means, I don't know. Could this be a bunch of like shiny, like, ha ha ha, you know, I don't know. I've heard, like I said before, I've heard a lot of people allude to there being child porn on Hunter Biden's laptop. And so I'm going to ask Alan this question just to see. Would you be surprised?
2: No, not even in the slightest.
1: Not even in the slightest, which explain. Shouldn't we be a little bit shocked that that wouldn't be surprising? You know,
2: we probably should be. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be at all even a little bit
1: like it it, it's at the point now where and and speaking of the uh the surrender cons that everybody's talking about um one of the greatest ways to reveal them for those of you that um sit on social media which most of you don't because you're good decent people um and and we do it for you (laughs) you're welcome uh you would notice that there were a ton of of conservative commentators who just are, quote conservative commentators who came out to lecture all of us and tell us that it is absolutely inappropriate to call people who, who are pushing to call liberals who support, uh, Kentonji Brown Jackson and who, uh, are angry about the Florida parental rights and education bill. It is inappropriate and wrong and unchristian. For conservatives oh. to call them groomers. It really? Is it? Yeah. It's just oh. not. Alan, it's not the Christian thing to do.
2: It's not the Christian thing to do. Well, it's not the Christian thing to do to groom children. So I care way more about that. I, I'm i going to go out on a line. Excuse for, for, you know, me if this is untoward or but I'm gonna guess Jesus cared a lot more about the children than he did about saying mean names to a person trying to hurt the children
1: I, I I I need to remind people like David French and Bill Crystal and Jonah Goldberg and even Eric Erickson that when you guys were in Sunday school and you sang the song "Jesus loves the little children they didn't mean it like that you weirdos this isn't Disney. <laughs> i mean it, it, it's amazing because what people are talking about like disney is the big one everyone's like oh disney it's a bunch of groomers like of course of course they stand up against this law they're a bunch of groomers and you had all these conservatives like i get it everybody wants to slap back and own the libs, but calling them groomers is this really who we want to be like hey hey dudes i i don't mean to alarm you but have you not read the news that there have been like There was literally a child sex ring at Disney. Yeah. Like 17 people or something like that were arrested in a child sex ring at Disney. They literally are groomers. When we call CNN groomers, they've had several of their producers arrested for molesting children we mean it they're really groomers guys we're not joking
2: well okay so here's a good thing good thing to talk think to talk about with the grooming of children i think some people look at it and say oh come on that sunday that that elementary school teacher isn't trying to groom children to be some sort of weird sex addict they're just trying to you know teach them about sexuality and i think that is possibly half right if we're being totally honest i think that it's not explicitly about grooming them to be you know sexual deviants but it is about grooming them they want children to adopt weird sexual identities for ex- the exact same reason that they want women to get abortions because it will it means that they will are forever on that side of politics The entire reason why they want to keep abortion so legal, so open, so easily available is because they know that any woman that gets an abortion can never, ever go to the other side where she would have to admit, I murdered a baby. It's the same thing with all of this sexual degeneracy is it traps someone forever on the plantation of being essentially either a democrat but more importantly but being on the liberal side of things because they will forever say well i'm a zero gender transsexual i have to follow what the left wants and says i have to support them because that's part of my identity it's about I mean, this is the same as if they were teaching children and it's the same way they taught children in the Soviet Union that, you know, the party is more important than your family. It's all of these things become more important than your family. If there's a child that's gay, it's all that they're going to say, well, you're gay. You need to. You need you need us. You can't. The, the left It's it, it is your friend because you're well, you're you're gay. And. Your parents hate you. I mean, it's all about driving division, but it's grooming children to make sure that they are forever estranged from their parents, their communities and heritage America. It's incredibly insidious because it is also completely ignores all of the long term negative ramifications that these things have for children, because it's about twisting them away from their parents who are probably evil and bigots. And oh, and they bet they vote Republican and for Trump. Oh, we hate those guys. It well, is grooming. Yeah, grooming I'm, kids to abandon their families and become slaves of the left.
1: Yeah, it's like don't don't tell your parents I'm here for you. Like wait 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 a minute. <laughs> Why, in God's name, would anybody trust some twenty-four-year-old blue hair? you know, dyed blue hair, like rainbow sparkle crazy person to properly identify the needs of a child over their own parent. And that is what the left is asking entirely. Like, now, understand, all of these, quote, conservatives are 100 percent not at all in a majority. They're freaking out because they are so far. I mean, they got they got lambasted. Any of the people that came out, they all thought it was a great idea. I don't I don't remember who who got to it first, but one one of the ilk was like, "This is just not a good thing for us conservatives to be doing, calling these liberals groomers." Uh, and then they all were like, "Aha!" Like the beacon went off. You know, the beacon went off of like, "Ah, yeah. this is this is the real conservative." It was the perfect messaging of. How do I completely uh, disrupt my movement from being successful by using their religion against them and turn them all into a bunch of mewling, whiny pussies who just lay on the ground and go, if only we could stop the liberals. Um, And so they all reacted in kind because they've been brainwashed and trained on how to be controlled opposition. Um, Not popular. They got completely lambasted on social media for having such a stupid take. All of you out there in the audience heard me relay it and went, that is so ridiculous and dumb. Why do these people always want to stop us from winning? And that, folks, is going to point to exactly why there was a Never Trump movement. It wasn't because of anything that actually had to do with Donald Trump. It was that the juxtaposition of what Donald Trump said Versus what the conservative establishment said and the ability of social media for people to compare those two things and go, why would I do what this guy said versus Trump saying, build a wall? That doesn't make any sense. Why the hell would I go along with what this GOP jackass at the at National Review is saying, where it's like, well, actually, did you know that immigrants really are the backbone of America? Like, why would I ever listen to that douchebag? Like, does he not see what's happening? Oh, that's right, because he works for a bunch of special interest groups that make a shitload of money off of illegal immigrant slave labor, and he'll bury the middle class to be able to make yeah. more money for his fucking donors. So people realized that, and it was plain as day on social media, and that's why they hated the entire Trump movement was they were like, shit, these people can just compare what we say against somebody saying normal basic crap. <laughs> like, crap, yeah. this Trump guy says stuff that regular Americans understand. We need to get more GOP people out there to whine about different economic terms that people fall asleep halfway through them talking and then just vote R because we said guns and abortion. Yeah that's the problem that's the problem that they've had the entire time is guess what populism does everybody it ruins the oligarchy and there's just as many quote conservatives who benefit from that oligarchy i i remember um problem man maybe even a year ago maybe longer by now when justin amash decided he was going to valiantly leave the Republican Party because he just couldn't stand... Well, it was over a year ago, sorry. Um, He just couldn't stand Donald Trump anymore, and the Republican Party just didn't stand for him. And then everybody found out that the reality was he owned a bunch of businesses that operated in China, and the tariffs were going to kick his ass. Many such cases.
2: Yeah. How many other politicians, how many other of these, uh, I guess, either right and left wing media personalities are benefiting from a bunch of these globalist policies that we all see as incredibly dangerous to the future of America?
3: Mm
1: hmm. And. Part of the reason why um, I'm bringing it up is there was that Atlantic uh, or a lot of this stuff up is there was that entire Atlantic conference where they talked about misinformation and disinformation. There's also been a lot of discussion where the media just really, really needs like there is a serious push where the media is trying. The mainstream media is trying to figure out a way that they can force out any ability for anyone to talk about things that are not already approved by the mainstream media sources. The typical term that we use for this is gatekeeping. And believe it or not, with all this, quote, misinformation and disinformation nonsense that the government is discussing and that the media is discussing and academia is discussing, the end result has always been to centralize what is and is not acceptable information and ensure that that centralization and power is held by a small group of elites in the mainstream media to decide what is and is not considered good information that should be discussed. Yeah, the reason why I bring that up is Social media is the biggest. Trust me. I don't trust big tech. Do not misunderstand. This as me standing up for big tech at all. But the existence of social media is what destroyed the fourth estate in this country. Yeah. Because part of the reason why there has been this surge in nationalism and this Uh, focus on populism and America first is because people are allowed to talk to each other across the internet in a very easy and simple method. Without that, everyone's information would be delivered to them through a party approved talking head. Yeah. It was our ability to talk to one another that reduced the power of the elites in this country. They are going to do everything that they can to, to correct that mistake. I'd believe it. Because look at COVID. Believe it or not, I it would not surprise me if, say, a decade hopeful uh in a decade that when people study the information landscape, we will realize that how you, Alan, and how our audience Likely felt about COVID was a large percentage in prevailing opinion. But because of what we were constantly being told by the oligarchy, by the deep state, and because of what we were constantly seeing, we were made to have the assumption that we were the minority. But that's always the case. You were always supposed to feel like the minority. So weirdly enough, when do you know that you are or not? Good question. But I would not be shocked if the majority... Well, actually, you know what? I can actually prove it. Look at how quick everything, ostensibly, went back to normal. Did you see any liberals, like, lose... We saw lockdown protests, right, Alan? We saw people at state houses and stuff protesting. Yeah. Have you seen any protests at any capital at any building any government facility demanding that mask mandates not be lifted
2: i can't say that i have
1: have you seen any move by anyone that suggests that there's a large groundswell of people that are terrified to go outside with, uh, unless the government is forcing everyone to wear a mask i have not all i'm seeing is people whining on social media
2: I see I, any any of the protests against these measures always seem very small scale.
1: Yeah. It, it, honestly, I thought that there'd be uh teachers quitting in droves. We were told that it was going to happen. Yeah. None of that has occurred. Every it it shows how much of the narrative was built up and false. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't flip the switch in half the NPCs again, right? You know, they'll just stop kind of reporting on Ukraine and then they'll be like, oh, my God, uh, uh, one gorzillion people just died of COVID uh, Mountain Dew Extreme. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're already
2: trying that. And there's a big COVID scare in China right now, which I, I don't really want to believe. Cool, I'm let's ban honest. all flights
1: from China. That would be the responsible thing yeah, to do. Done. Right?
2: Let's ban all flights from China.
1: Done. <laughs> they already have a wall. Just have them pick a side. <laughs> they can stay there. Oh, how are yeah, they going to do That's gonna... good. I like okay, that. so wait, 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 wait. Big, big crazy thing going on in China, right? Okay. yeah. And you're right. Yeah. You know, oh, these are this. And I don't even know if I believe half the shit I see. Right. Because we saw a bunch of dead bodies in the streets of China at the beginning of the whole covid nonsense. Uh, And that was like mass graves. There was all this crazy stuff. Now, maybe I don't know. But what we do know is the same people are trying to say that there's another big, crazy covid scare. So what's the government going to do about it? Because you can't ban flights. That was called racist. Or are they going to do it now and say, like, oh, well, the science says that, uh, you know, some sort of disease from China is real bad, so we're going to stop? Like, did the science finally realize that um, blocking a place from uh, bringing a virus uh, into the United States is probably a good idea? Did we did we need to have science figure that one out? (laughs) Yeah, or is the government going to do nothing? I, I think that this would be a very telling situation. Um, well, it's already telling, right? I, I bet the majority of our audience have has no idea what you're talking about. Probably not. So, kind of proves the whole point. Like, oh, yeah, they don't care about it anymore because Joe Biden's president.
2: That's true, yes.
1: So... <laughs> Or because Joe Biden's pretending to be president. I'm not actually sure who is the president. Speaking of, oh, Alan, did you see that video uh, where Obama finally came back to the White House? And then, uh, you know, he came and he gave a speech because they were touting Obamacare, which uh, is fascinating. uh, Because they're still whining that not enough people have insurance, which is weird because I thought that that was supposed to be fixed by Obamacare. So, I don't know. Very, very strange. Um, what do you
2: think? Th- I, I don't know. I, I, tend, I, If I see Obama on a thing, I tend to just kind of ignore it.
1: Oh, OK. Well, so there's a video where uh, they got done having a speech, um, talking together, and then um, everybody rushed over to shake Obama's hand. And you literally see uh, Joe Biden like wandering around looking for somebody to talk to because nobody <clears throat> wanted to talk to Joe Biden. Well, I don't
2: want to talk to Joe Biden, so I I can understand.
1: Nobody, nobody does. That's why he has to like physically put his hands on people and keep them there. (laughs) Please don't go. My wife, my wife only lets me out occasionally. Um, But it's hilarious because obviously a bunch of right-wing accounts shared it and they were like, oh my God, like nobody wants to talk to Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't even know where he is because he's wandering around like looking just ridiculous. And, I shit you not, the fact checkers had to come out. And I don't even know, like, how, how do you feel like a respectable person when you have to watch a video? Like, you could just ignore this and be like, because let's be honest. If somebody's a liberal and they see Joe Biden wandering around looking like an idiot, they'd be like, oh, well, the right wing's just taking a clip and making him look like an asshole. Whatever, right? People do yeah. that. People do that all the time. But then when you have the fact checkers that are like, oh, shit, and they have to run out and be like, it's missing context. Like, dude, how do you how do you even write something like that and not be like, Okay, I'm going to 100 percent acknowledge that my entire job is to run interference uh, on behalf of the Biden administration and the Democrat Party when they screw something up? Yeah, like basically. That there's no way that you don't know you're doing that. Like, nobody gets to say, like, I had no idea that I was lying on behalf of the Democrats. <laughs> because you could just not touch that video. But what's one of the most amazing ways to gauge whether or not something is actually a successful narrative is whether or not it has to be fact-checked. And sometimes seeing what these press agencies and PolitiFact and groups like that, or Snopes, what they have to fact check amazingly shows you how bad the Democrat Party is doing. Because just a video of Biden wandering around looking like he doesn't know where he is and nobody talking to him was threatening enough that the Democrat Party had to be like, "Oh God damn. Get the fact checkers out to try to make sure that we don't lose too many more voters over this dumbass.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, how pathetic is that?
2: Yeah, it's. Clearly, he's not in charge of the country. No. Clearly, not in charge of the country. He's just a puppet that wanders around. And I think that that's frustrating because i want to make so much of a bigger deal about it but it seems a little bit i want to throw that in the face of every biden voter but then again i almost just feel bad for them because they don't know it and if they do they're probably ashamed of it and it's just it would be mean for me to throw it in their face and rub it in now maybe with people that were that get nasty about things but I want to do what they did to us with Trump, but it's not the same.
1: Yeah. It feels like elder abuse. It does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the real, that's the real part of it is it, it feels like elder abuse and it, it makes you feel bad. Um, yeah. so, Speaking of uh, ridiculous people, uh, let's uh, go to one of the board members of Raytheon. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. uh, The Secretary of Defense. Oh, Uh, is he also a board member of Raytheon? Uh, He was. He sold his stock for $1 million uh, shortly after leaving the military. That's not weird. It's perfectly normal for somebody to retire as a general and make a million dollars, uh, basically in a year. Hmm. Uh, perfectly, perfectly normal, nothing untoward. And, uh, how dare you even suggest otherwise, sir? I'm. How dare I? How, how
2: dare I?
1: Are, what, what exactly is it you're suggesting? Are are you suggesting that the secretary of defense is bought? Was I was bought am. by the uh defense uh the military uh military industrial complex?
2: I am actually saying that. Yes. I mean yes,
1: that's I what liberals would have said 10 years ago. But liberals today say perfectly fine um, let's play a real quick clip here. Um, I want you guys to hear Matt Gates and uh, D- Defense Secretary uh, Lloyd Austin, who luckily was not wearing his beekeepers uniform. Um, you know, he's very afraid of covid. He had the, he has the windshield and the two masks and very scared of co- covid. So luckily, uh, unbeekeepered. This is uh, Matt Gates and Secretary Austin having an exchange at a house. Uh, house briefing earlier this week. Mm. Maybe. Okay, here we go. <laughs> At some point, it will play. Uh, I'm so glad I grab these clips sometimes. Um, so they can sit there and not play? Because uh, that makes perfect sense. Um, they're running like a damn dream. So, here we go.
3: People, we don't agree with to evangelize views and values that we don't share at the National Defense University when we should be learning strategy about how to combat our enemies and make assessments that are accurate.
0: And we do uh, uh, learn a lot about strategy and about uh, about the military and about uh, joint force development. Uh, and so that is our focus in these uh, uh... in these uh... institutions i don't know what the what the context of this particular uh... or content of this particular speech was Mr. Secretary, I've shared
3: with you the context the context wasn't better understand socialism so we can defeat it the context wasn't learn about it so that we can offer countermeasures the concept was that it's time for socialism. And the reason I know that's the context is because the lecture was pulled from a book written by Thomas Piketty entitled Time for Socialism. And I, and I just can't help but like notice and so your you question been, was whether no, not we. I control the
0: your, your time. You guys have been blowing a lot of calls socialism. lately on the matters of
3: strategy, no. Mr. Secretary. You guys told us that Russia couldn't lose. You told us that the Taliban couldn't immediately win. And so I guess I'm wondering what in the $773 billion that you're requesting today is going to help you make assessments that are accurate in the face of so many blown calls.
0: You've you've seen what's in our budget. You've seen how the budget matches the strategy. And so I'll let that speak for itself.
3: Well, I mean, it's I've also seen that we're behind, Mr. Secretary. We're behind in hypersonics. We failed to deter Russia last year. So, what do you mean
0: we're behind in hypersonics? How, how do you? How okay, do you, who do you, who's ahead in
3: hypersonics?
0: How, how do you? How do you, How do you? How do you make that assessment? I don't know. How, is, is I, make make or or I make that assessment because China is fielding hypersonic weapon systems, and we
3: are still developing them. I make that assessment because Russia actually used one. By the way, your own people brief us that we are behind and that China is winning. Are you aware of the briefings we get on hypersonics?
0: I am certainly aware of briefings that we provide to to Congress. But
3: it's not just the hypersonics. It's all over the world. It's in Taiwan, where China last year flew more sorties than ever before. It's North Korea on pace to shatter prior records the number of missiles that they that they are testing and so while everyone else in the world seems to be developing capabilities and being more strategic we got time to embrace critical race theory at West Point to embrace socialism at the National Defense University to do mandatory pronoun training do you assess... you
0: know it's it's again this is the most capable the most combat critical force in the world it has been and it will be so uh, going forward not if and we continue down this helps path. Us to do that. Not if we embrace and socialism. The, the fact that you're embarrassed by your, by your country? By oh, your no, no, no. Country, I'm embarrassed by I your am, leadership. I'm sorry I am
3: that. not embarrassed for my country. I wish it's we were not losing saying. to China. It's part of Ukraine. You know what? The, that's, you know, that, is so, that, that is so disgraceful that you would sit here and conflate your failures with the failures of the uniformed service members. You guys said that, that Russia would overrun Ukraine in 36 days.
1: You... I honestly. Like, I like Matt Gates just because of how much he gets attacked and some of the slapbacks that I see on social media and things like that. I honestly did not know that Matt Gates was this good than when I saw him go toe-to-toe with Secretary Austin. And the reason why I say that is th- there's a very big difference between people who go to get sound bites. Now, I don't want to dog on a bunch of different GOP um uh, GOP members. But for example, sometimes with Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz has his lane where he's very good at certain things. Uh, but Ted Cruz likes to get a lot of, um, you know, sound bites, right? He goes and tries to get a sound bite out there and he'll say something and then everybody repeats it because he kind of gets a, a gotcha on the libs. Believe it or not, this entire exchange between the defense secretary and and Matt Gates is exactly what a congressman is supposed to be doing. He is saying, we are, you are requesting $773 billion. And here are all of the problems that I am seeing with the DOD. You are training critical race theory. You are providing pronoun training to our troops. You are literally having people at the National War College take a course in socialism that, was, that provides a book called It's Time for Socialism. We are behind in hypersonics. You were wrong about Afghanistan. You were wrong about Russia. Why should we give you all of this money? Fantastic. That that is that not what we think Congress is supposed to do in a budget meeting, Alan? I
2: think that's exactly what they're supposed to do.
1: And so it's f- not only, by the way, I, 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 I want to point out Matt, what makes this really impressive to me? 10 years ago, absolutely zero Republicans, with the exception of Rand Paul or Ron Paul, given depending on how far back you want to go, zero Republicans, with that exception, would have ever questioned the defense budget. Yeah. And Matt Gates is making a case for why the hell should we give you money when you're sucking so bad? And honestly, no honest person can listen to the exchange that we all just heard and say that Secretary Austin just beat the pants off Matt Gates which is exactly how the liberal media tried to sell the exchange. When in reality, you heard exactly what all of liberalism does, what all of the, the D.C. elite does. We heard Anthony Fauci use the exact same logic. You heard Secretary Lloyd Austin 100% say that if you question. The DOD using critical race theory. If you question the DOD teaching socialism at the National War College, if you question the DOD's bad assessment on Afghanistan, their bad assessment on Russia, if you question any of that, you don't love your country. You're embarrassed for your country because Lloyd Austin is the United States of America's military. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that is how these people view themselves. I know we've said it, but... Isn't it crazy to hear them say it, to hear Anthony Fauci say, if you question me, you question science, to hear Secretary Austin say, if you question me, you're questioning the entire United States military. It's pretty wild, but but not shocking, right? No, not shocking at all. They think they're the smartest person in the room. They don't think they owe any of you any accountability. But they call it democracy the entire time mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. also, I hadn't really ever heard Austin speak, and I hate everything about his he he want he wants to be a politician, and that's it and 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 the most annoying thing is how many liberals responding to this video who have never served in the military go, well, Secretary Austin wore stars on his shoulder while Matt Gates blah, 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 blah. Seriously? I, the only time liberals love the military is when they can parade us out and try to use us to bully other people. None of them will ever serve. None right. of them would ever go to a war. But man, they sure as hell would love to march you out there on a stage to try to get their way. I mean, Joe Biden played football all four years of high school, even went to uh, even went to the state championship in Delaware, but uh, couldn't serve in Vietnam because of asthma.
2: Well, you know, you get asthma and then.
1: Maybe his late
2: late onset asthma is that a thing?
1: Like his Maybe dementia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like okay, so you you want to whine about Donald Trump's bone spurs? Fine. What about Joe Biden's sudden asthma? Oh, but that's yeah. different. Oh, that's different. Oh, guys, it's different because it's your fucking guy. Yeah. So absolutely. And well, and, and that's the problem, too, is like, I would like to think that military service is an honored thing. But then I see so many uh, liberals and Democrats and rhinos screwed up like they, they make me almost not want to mention that I was in the that I was in the military. I don't want people thinking that I'm like Adam Kinzinger. I don't want people thinking that I'm like, uh, oh, what's that weenies name? The Ukrainian uh, who won't even go fight for his own goddamn country. Ah shit. Oh, no. It, it was the the Colonel Zelensky? Not Zelensky. <laughs> Vindeman.
2: <laughs> Zelensky. Oh vind he's Ukrainian?
1: Yeah. Oh you didn't know that? Oh. No, I didn't, but Yeah, yeah. so 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 uh Vindeman is a Ukrainian. And he's sitting there hanging huh. out with Arnold Schwarzenegger and his troll wife and everything being like, well, these Republicans and Putin puppets and blah, 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 It's like, dude, you were a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army. Go. Go to Ukraine. Protect your people. Fight for your people. And he's, no, he's going to sit in Washington, D.C. and whine about everybody else. Like every other liberal. Like every other liberal in the military. They're going to sit there and garrison long stroking it and telling everybody else how it should be done but when the when you know the actual rubber heats the road or meets the road they're gonna freaking hide they're gonna go hide in an airfield somewhere and make sure that they get all the goddamn medals and talk and make sure that everybody knows that they're a hero you know i got a silver star like weren't you the supply guy that hid at kandahar airfield and You know, right next to the Dunkin' Donuts, and didn't you gain like 40 pounds? Be like, don't you question my
3: heroism!
1: (laughs) I got a silver star. Yeah, that's just because you were a colonel. I'm a hero! By the way, for the (laughs) record, Adam Kinzinger, nothing against regular pilots, but Adam Kinzinger, who everyone says, he's a war hero! He went to Iraq! Uh, He flew a refueling tanker okay he flew a refueling tanker yeah
2: well someone's gotta fly those
1: i had somebody actually challenge me they're like actually he also flew a highly classified uh aircraft probably not a good idea to tell the mi guy that the aircraft he did fly an intelligence aircraft that is true uh, but the aircraft he flew specifically only belongs in the inventory of the Texas National Guard, which means that he flew it over South America for uh, operations supporting the Drug Enforcement Agency, which is fine. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but it's not like he, he was not doing MI work in Iraq. He was flying a refueling aircraft against a nation that didn't have any capability of taking down any aircraft at all. Yeah. But. that's not... That's not a denigration against anybody's service that's in the United States Air Force, anybody that's a pilot. We need you. The logistics aspect of that is phenomenal. I've met a ton of great pilots, but I also don't meet a ton of pilots that sit there and go, you need to get down on your knees and kiss my boots because I was the reason Afghanistan ran. No, they're like everyone else that actually did real service. They're humble about it. And instead, Kinzinger's out there like everybody look at my crotch and tell me it's the biggest you've ever seen but instead yeah. he was flying a refueling aircraft
2: right well and that i mean it's the part of the course for a lot of these a lot of these people in the u.s government a lot of them are they're political they're more of political appointees than anything else
1: yeah and wannabes yeah I mean, I, you you know my feelings about officers anyway.
2: Oh, yeah, right up there with you.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. Like, we we know a, there are a couple of right wing commentators that are, uh, you know, like retired officers, uh, army officers specifically. We should just bring them on and yell at them for being officers.
0: <laughs> just I mean, see. I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> just, I mean, I wouldn't say no. We're just going to yell at them and tell, like, all oh, right, did you do that for your OER?" Ah. Um,
2: <laughs> I might say stuff like that. That's, possibly, that's probably very true. I probably <laughs> would do that.
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, what else happened this week? I I, I went off on my whole Kinsinger thing, and I uh, the guy that guy just annoys me so much because he's such a baby um, and such a con- like. How do you? How can you be Adam Kinzinger and not be like, oh, I just realized that all I'm doing is working for the Democrats now. This is fine. Yeah,
2: I don't know. It's, that's real weird to me.
1: Like, what it means is that you've been doing that the entire time.
2: Probably, yeah.
1: Or you're such an idiot that there's like some guy that whispers in your ears like the real conservative thing here to do now is to make sure that we can tell little kids that they're gay without their parents knowing and he's like yeah that sounds right yeah yeah well we wouldn't want the government getting involved in that 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 would be overreach yeah
2: that'd be that'd be overreach i see this is just just so many conservatives just seem like they seem they seem corrupted somehow like it's all just a big game to them and i don't know I don't, I don't know, but I don't like it there's something very unseemly about all these republicans that republicans right wing adjacent people that seem to just do nothing but advocate against their own interests, <laughs> which is exactly what it what it is like it's not in any any of our interests to like, play games with these people.
1: Well, I mean, how much would we have to expand the federal government to protect children from people like Jeffrey Epstein in the Democrat Party? And really, do we want a bigger government, Alan? That's the real concern.
2: Yeah, it's so weird, right? <laughs> there's
1: a um, there, there, there's a there's a commentator uh, I haven't listened to in years but one of the funny I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep him a little bit nameless for right now. But uh, one of the funniest things I ever heard him say is that, you know, there are so many people, so many of the free market people that would 100 percent cheer on a 12 year old selling uh, selling their body in an alleyway because at least it's free market capitalism.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely some some truth to that.
1: Well, we're seeing it. Like, we're we're a hundred percent like seeing people defend some of the most progressive nonsense by being like, "Well, I don't want the government to get involved." It's like, no, no, this is the time that the government should get involved. If you it, unless unless your stance is zero government, if your stance is at all some government. This is where the sum of it is should be right now is protecting your children from getting molested by by creepy people at like Disney and the Democrat Party that's where the that fits into the some government category I think yeah I agree it's <laughs> uh.
2: it's weird well it's the same with everything like, and the, the, there's just so much of this is is only a problem because people are getting in our way. Like, yeah, the canaries in the coal mine have been singing for a long time. And we're just trying to get people out of our way so that we can just stop it. Like think of all those people at school that went to school board meetings. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, I'm going to like I'm going to stop them from teaching CRT to my kids. That was a very noble and good thing that they, that they tried to do. And but we had our own side trying as hard as they could to stop those people from going to those meetings. Do, do, I certainly remember that. And I kind of, maybe will never forget it. Yeah. That we watch as a bunch of people on the right, a lot of these commentators, thought leaders, people that, people that should be, that are, that are in leadership positions, Within the, I guess, right wing movement in the United States, counter signaling those parents and saying, "No, no, no, don't go to school." I mean, don't go to school where I means just, you know,
1: just don't. Like, I yeah, it was, it was, don't go make a scene. Don't go make a scene. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, and,
2: and, and to your point, and then point, when those people mm-hmm. got targeted by the government, the big government that these same people were supposed to hate. Where were all? Where were the Ben Shapiros of the world? Where were the Jonah Goldbergs of the world? Like these people that are supposedly on the right should have been right there along with us. Saying, this is awful. The Biden administration has to go. This is impeachable worthy. No, nah, we're nowhere. Because at the end of the day, they're all playing for the same team.
1: Well, so. To be fair, I have no idea what. Shapiro had to say about any of that uh, uh, I'm sure it was I, some
2: limp Wristed nonsense about well You know the government probably really shouldn't do this But at the same time you know if you show up at the school board meeting And they ask you to leave you have to leave
1: Yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> Yeah I'm, I'm sure the guy Who like tried to make an assault Case over somebody like Vaguely pushing someone out of the Way and was like look at the Bruises on her arm oh it's Assault yeah I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he was a giant absolute baby about it. Um, We'll see if I can get to that rant. Not that specific rant, but a rant in that nature in a second. Um, I have no idea what he said because I don't listen to him anymore because he's a massive disappointment. I stopped following anything Ben Shapiro had to say when I watched him a hundred percent get uh, led by the media to be angry about the Covington kids Uh, and then turn around and become their greatest advocate when he realized which way the winds were blowing. I understand that some people are going to try to argue with me on that. Fine. You can have your own opinion. I don't care. Um, I also listened to him for the first two years of Trump do let's play good Trump, bad Trump. Trump sometimes may be good, maybe bad. So screw off guys. No offense. um, if, if you wanted to cuck to the left by being like, look at how good a conservative I am. I can also be bad and mean about Trump too. Please love me. Yeah, uh, I'm over you. Doesn't matter. Don't need to argue about that right now. But to your point, what was fascinating was what the, those conservatives, the ones that you're identifying, the people that were super worried about these um, school board meetings, what they were so worried about, what actually frightened and terrified them, is something bad happening at a school board meeting that then liberals they know would be able to be like, so do you support the violence that happened at this school board meeting where this guy like pushed somebody and the liberals caught it at the right angle and now MSNBC is calling it assault? That's what they're terrified of. Yeah. Like more uh, understand. Maybe for some of them, they are controlled opposition 100%, meaning that, they, well, we know the entire Never Trump movement is. They're literally paid. Like, you can follow the money to the Lincoln Project. They're paid by a bunch of liberals. But there's others that are just so pathetically coward cowardly where they are going to sit there and even though they know the media lies all the time... The media is going to be like, it looks like this dad is like shoving this like fat, transgender, disabled woman out of the way. And it's like somebody kind of vaguely bumping somebody else or something. And the media is saying it's assault. Do you stand for the violence that occurred? All the violence. And they're going to be like, oh, gosh, jeez. No, well, I mean, if that, it, well, if you're gonna call it violence, then I
2: guess no.
1: Like that dad, that dad should 100 percent be put in jail for 50 years. Um, you know, and, and probably given the death penalty for this violence and this hate crime. You're right, and then you find out that it's like, oh, actually, that dad was chasing after that person because uh, that was the guy who raped his daughter or something like that. And then they'll be like, I absolutely stand up for that dad. I'm gonna raise up a GoFundMe. And every my pillow that you buy with promo code CUCKSERVATIVE, I'm gonna give ten percent to that dad. Yeah. Sorry. Oh something like that, right? Yeah. It, it, it's... No offense to my pillow. <laughs> I just dragged them in because they, they're the ones that do the fun promo codes, so you know. Promo code CUCKSERVATIVE <laughs> And you'll get half off this razor company that, you know, supports transgenders. Um All right. <laughs> because free business but the cultural war too um no the the whole thing there is they're so worried about what liberals are going to say it's always about what liberals are going to say and understand that a lot of this is because these idiots were raised on boomer politics they still go to the new york times what's the new york yeah. times talking about that's what the country's reading and by the way 15 20 years ago when like Rush Limbaugh was the top radio host, that was true. But that's not true now. Nobody reads the New York Times. Nobody no, watches no MSNBC, nobody watches CNN. Nobody is watching any of this. They're all getting their news from social media, or they're not getting it at all, or they're getting it second secondhand through other people on social media. Or they're getting it through Netflix and Hulu and whatever. And I think that that's why we feel, aside from any of the nefarious stuff that Alan has pointed out, which is 100% accurate and true, a lot of it is you need to understand that so many of these idiots are still, it wouldn't surprise me if I found out so many conservative radio shows still used the Drudge Report as their show prep. (laughs)
2: It wouldn't surprise me either.
1: Which, by the way, I don't I haven't paid attention to that in a long while. I stopped paying attention to it a long time ago as an aggregate. I would use it as a check. I stopped doing that around the election when it seemed like they were swinging for Biden. And they were. I have no idea why. I don't know what happened to Matt Drudge. Maybe he's in a, you know, bunker somewhere, the trunk of someone's car. Um, No idea. But the point is, is that for a long time, Uh, And I I used to bring this up to Alan when we started doing a podcast and I finally was like, oh, my God, Alan, I figured it out. Ninety nine percent of the podcasts and radio shows we listen to. They literally just go to the Drudge Report 15 minutes before their showtime and click the top five stories and read those. That's the entire that's the entire show. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's probably a lot of them that still do that. And there's,
2: it would not surprise me, honestly.
1: And and so you have to understand that some of these people are just idiots. They're easily tricked because they're lazy.
2: Right. It's like you. I guess we want to. We want there to be a level of professionalism and seriousness. I think more than anything else, that is just not necessarily there.
1: How dare you! expect that when people make a lot more money <laughs> doing this than we do how dare you think that that has anything to do with their level of ability <laughs> or professionalism you sick son of a how dare bitch. i how dare i how dare you <laughs> yeah
2: but i so i guess in brighter news there's some other good news stories and so sure. what i think people talk a lot about have have talked a lot about like oh well civil war 2 and i think that the reality of that is going to be civil war 2 is going to be about the kids it's going to be about who gets if there's a national divorce it'll be over who gets custody of the kids i'm not sure wait
1: wait, wait. so so oh, okay. real quick I, I don't i don't want to get you off track cuz i'm i'm really looking forward to what you're about to say but um do you honestly think that there would be an other side in that civil war like or, or is it going to be like this holdout of ragtag creepy gross blue hair like pierce faced liberals versus all of America like a bunch of childless 25 year olds versus the rest of America who wants to have like groomerville vice the United States
0: uh
2: no I think I think there there would be
1: okay. I wasn't trying to sound like a jerk. I was just—I like painting that picture better. But go on with what you were saying. I'm sorry.
2: I was going to say it's going to—it's going to come down. To, I think that—that would be the trigger.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is if there's any kind of civil conflict in the United States, I think the trigger is going to be over uh, children. And I think that it, that's borne out by a lot of the issues we're seeing with schools, with Disney. Because there is this big problem on the left of pedophilia and creepy stuff with kids, I think that, was more than anything, is going to galvanize people on the right to oppose it. For example, and uh, I have to bear with me for just a second while I find what state this was, but there was a a state, one of the states recently basically said, we're outlawing gender transition for kids. And anyone currently in a program, anyone currently undergoing that is, we're going to stop it because this is evil and wrong. And that was at the state level. And that's a really positive development. And I really want to see more of that that as we go forward.
1: Well, so there's a couple of ways and not not to sound um, to be a little bit realistic, uh, but not sound pessimistic about this or cynical rather. Um, I understand that people don't take such a stance as this. Typically, in politics, especially going into election season, you don't see politicians take a stance like this unless it's already extremely popular. Yeah. And what that tells me to have such a blatant uh, bill like that that says, like, no, you're under 18. Absolutely not. No. Uh, and by the way probably really easy law to write because the way laws of consent are written sure like this person uh, is not considered to able to make an adult consensual thing such as life changing like uh drinking alcohol uh enlisting in the armed forces or um becoming married they cannot make any right. of those decisions ex- so they couldn't obviously do this either And liberals go, how dare you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So uh, Texas, um, recently, the Texas Attorney General said transition, transition, gender transition for minors is child abuse under Texas law. Which is great because that means it's now child abuse and it means that can be stopped and things that encourage it can also be stopped under the same statute. What I was talking about was Alabama Governor Kay Ivey signed legislation Friday prohibiting gender transition procedures for minors. And it's following on the text thing. It passed 66 to 28 in the state's House of Representatives. Um, and, again, I think that is absolutely excellent because these things are horrific. Like, it is – popping off the genitals of a child is horrific and the fact that this even has to be a discussion proves to me that we are like the country is basically in a state of civil collapse It's like there's no going back from this when there is any group of people in the country trying to normalize surgically mutilating the, the genitals of children like i said i think that these things more than anything else hit people at a point where they say no i i i will dig in my heels on this I will dig in my heels on this because this there's no debate on this. This isn't about, well, you know, like a history of racism or well, your economic theory, XYZ. No, it's you are chop using a knife to chop off the genitals of children. Um no, the, there's no level of mental gymnastics that you can go through to justify that that any nor that anyone is going to accept. Either they're gonna ignore it which I think a lot of people in blue states, I think just ignore the real horrific realities of destroying children's endocrine systems and
3: crippling them
2: for a life of sterility and cancer via all of the gender drugs or chopping off their genitals with knives, as in the surgical interventions. It's utterly horrific, and either people are ignoring it or they are actively opposing it. And there's very, very few people that will legitimately and courageously try and defend it and anyone that does has to then admit what they're doing is horrific horrific torture and abuse of children and they can't get support anywhere and i think that's why this specific issue is such a great issue to drive change in this country because people on the left either have to ignore it or tacitly support it they cannot oppose it it means they are trapped Their back is up against a wall and they are trapped. They can't squeal out of it. They can't weasel the way around it. They can't, even if they try to call you racist for it, that any of the normal terms, well, you're racist and homophobic. You're like, yeah, but you want to chop off the genitals of children. So great issue because even people on the, no one can sit on the sidelines. Everyone has a immediate reflexive biological opinion on this, which is, which is you don't hurt children. And that's not a debate, that's not a political theory, that's not anything other than an intrinsic value that people have, at a, are born with. They're born with, people are just born with, you don't hurt kids. I don't need someone to tell me that. I don't need to read that in the Bible. I don't need to hear it from a like congressman. I don't need to be taught it by a teacher. I just intrinsically know, along with everyone else in the country, you don't hurt kids. And all of this gender transition stuff, absolutely is designed specifically to hurt children mm-hmm. and that's why this specific issue I think is going to become bigger and bigger and hopefully can become the nexus for for serious change in this country and opposition to the current regime because they will support it they have to I mean I don't know if we can see left-wing state states left-wing advocacy groups mm-hmm. I don't know if any of them Which is good because now they're trapped and we can attack them on this issue.
1: No, it's a it's a phenomenal issue. And you're 100 percent correct. And it is winning across the board nationally, like what we saw in a lot of the local elections that occurred this week. Um, As far as progressivism goes and this this style of liberalism, it is not looking good. And heading into the midterms, it's not looking good, which means more than likely we are going to see the Democrat Party do absolutely obvious nefarious things in an attempt to maintain power because they are going to lose it. And as Alan is pointing out, it is crucial that they do that. They don't um, because of what's going on right now. And so I think that I think it's going to be a great awakening moment because the left has to basically spaz out and is in damage control mode. And we're going to see them. Mm -hmm. So this is where they're going to screw up and prove that they steal elections. But additionally, if you want to get a little conspiratorial, maybe now we know exactly why Ketanji Brown Jackson was the choice of the Democrat party for the Supreme court. Somebody who is basically um, sympathetic. Remember she, for those of you who don't know in 2009, she was appointed by Barack Obama to the federal sentencing board and she Mm. made the case for lighter sentences for pedophiles. Yeah. So this isn't just, Oh, well she made a couple of light sentences, but no, she has strictly advocated for lighter sentencing for things like this for people who hurt kids and, and seemingly normalizing it. Now, they obviously picked her because she was a black woman, but maybe this was part of the reason why they saw it as such a win. Now, it's still ostensibly a conservative Supreme Court. So what I would do right now is we take Clarence Thomas and we put him in a bunker where nobody knows where it is so the Democrats can't murder him. In an attempt Mm -hmm. to take over the Supreme court before all of these laws get challenged in the Supreme court. Right. Um, yeah, because that's exactly what's going to happen. These groups are going to challenge this in the Supreme court, which is exactly why not only do we need to make sure that there's a GOP sweep in Congress, we need to make sure it's a real GOP sweep, not like Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham, Like actual people that will stand up against any Supreme Court nominee or any proposed legislation that makes it so these psychopaths can continue to hurt children. (laughs) I mean, it's that simple. Like it's it's just that simple. And honestly, I, I, I actually am very positive about it because states don't take chances like this. Unless A, Mm -hmm. they know it's going to be popular with their constituents and B, they know they'll win it in federal court. Yeah. And I think that that's very telling. And that that is, you're right. That is actually a very positive thing. States are sitting there and going, you know what? It's no longer this, I'm economically free market. It's, uh, I don't think it's okay to diddle kids. And everyone goes, hooray, elect that person. That's a good thing. Kind of horrifying, but also a really great way to close out the show for the week. Um, Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Be sure to go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong thing radio, where you can help sponsor our program, which is $2.99 a month, and join our Discord and join our chat over at Spreaker.com. I'm Aaron from the East Coast.
2: I'm
1: Alan from the West Coast. And this is wrong thing radio. Have a great week, everybody.